Shit Dad Podcast. Celebrating the mistakes that all parents make. You're listening to the Shit Dad Podcast. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast. You! Where we change you from lad to quintessential Aussie dad while talking all of the wins and bins with our fatherhood experiences along the way. I'm Cam. I'm Nick. And I'm Dave. And thanks again for taking the time out of your busy lives, your busy dad lives, to listen to our experiences and share your own. So much shit daddery. Wow. Guys, it is Men's Mental Health Week. You! Really, really important time. So it's what, like a week of Father's Day. It is. <laughs> but really serious. But serious Father's Day with no presents. <laughs> now, we're, we're going to give some presents of some ideas with our chat that's going to be coming up later. Yeah, good. Um, with what what we can do or, you know, what you can do yourself and especially as mates looking out for each other. So. That's right, yeah. So we're very excited to, a bit later on, bring you an interview with the CEO of Panda, which is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. Uh, Julie Borkenhoff, um, she was fantastic to chat to, yeah. uh, really insightful around not just dads but just men in general uh, with mental health and we thought what better time to talk to her than during Men's Mental Health Week. Um, but obviously before we get to that, don't forget this episode is brought to you by Yeah The Dads Clothing Co. Uh, don't forget, jump on their site, jump on their socials, check out the new bubble drop, get those tees and hats as well. Mm. Uh, now guys, episode 92, we are very close to our 100th We're in episode. the nervous 90s. Oh, yeah, like just got to keep coasting. And yeah. <laughs> I said last week, just keep your head down. Nothing yeah. stupid. Nothing stupid. Yeah. Play straight. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's a big milestone for us, obviously. So yeah. Dave, uh, you know, came on episode three and, and since then we never kind of turned back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we thought we need to have a big celebration. We need to get the listeners uh, face-to-face on board, have a bit of a have a beer or two. Yes. Uh, so anyone who's local in Brizzy, um, keep an ear out because we'll be talking over the next, you know, week or so what we're going to be doing for that very special 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Piss up. Yeah, pr- pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Nick, did you want to uh, take us through your story for the week? Oh, it's, not, it's nothing serious, but it's something that's just pissed me off like two weeks in a row. So I think I've got like not the worst organisation skills since I started adulting and they get I feel like sometimes I just drop the ball royally like I was so excited that so uh, as you know mine and Dave's daughters both do the uh, that little sports program on a Monday morning um, and I have found a really efficient way to get there on time and it's drop the throw the boys out the window at the drop and do, drop and go zone at school and then just speed straight up the highway and get there. This is the second week I've done it. The second week I've been there 15 minutes early and thought, fuck, yeah, I am the man. I'm going for a coffee. So a quick drive down the road and get a coffee. The wait this time wasn't as long, but I still get caught up in the whole coffee vibe and the smell of fresh Arabica. And then all of a sudden it's 9.30 and I'm like, fuck, I'm late again. Yeah. <laughs> Do you walk out with your coffee though when you get yeah, there? I was like, like so stroll knows. over to sports with my coffee and Ari's like, my little daughter's just running behind me going, daddy, I got no, I got no shoes on. Where's my hat? <laughs> That's why I forget everything. You're like, oh yeah, you're here. Do you want a yeah. coffee? <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, organisation skills need a bit of work. So possibly like a drive-through coffee on the way, possibly, mm. or just drink the coffee before school drop-off. Possibly. Uh, I feel like depending on the cafe, fifteen just, minutes is enough. Isn't or it? just be five minutes late. Who yeah. cares? It's like a kid's program. She's running around playing silly buggers. She's yeah. never going to even know. Exactly. Sorry to Mick if he listens, the coach. <laughs> <laughs> From Let's ants. be honest. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of silly buggers, yeah. uh, I heard my daughter say that for the first time because she's oh, awesome. they were on the top bunk bed uh, playing, and she just yells out to her brother, "No silly buggers on the top bunk." That's like, outstanding. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Good job. That's right. I've Sport. succeeded. <laughs> Did you just walk and go? That's right. <laughs> yeah. just walk straight back out. I said, "Who's silly buggering?" Oh, that's awesome. so good. Um, boys, you want a joke? Go on. All right. Here we go. It's an oldie but a goodie. All right. So a man is touring a hospital to see how they operate before potentially donating a large sum of money. The director giving him a tour is taking him around and showing him all of the different rooms. As they're walking, they run into a man who's masturbating. The director apologizes to both the man, masturbating man as well as a potential donor. Once they get out of the room, he explains that that man has a very serious disorder where he has to come multiple times a day or he'll build up and rupture. The donor says, oh, I see. That must be so hard for him. And they continue on their tour. A little while later, they come across another room where a nurse is giving a blowjob to the patient, or to a patient rather. Again, they apologize, exit the room, and the donor says, what the hell? Is this how you run a hospital? This is highly unprofessional. And the director replies, oh, no, it's the same issue. That patient just has better health insurance. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So, what kind of hospital is this? <laughs> this is one three people would about to check into. <laughs> oh, oh wow, excellent. Um go I don't have a segue from that. <laughs> hospital trips. Uh, yeah, trashy hospitals. So speaking of trashy hospitals, we've got uh as Cam mentioned before, it's men's mental health week and uh the theme of this year's Mental Health Week is Healthy Choices. Healthy Habits. Healthy Habits. habits. Yes. Not yeah. healthy. Same. same I've got healthy, choi- healthy Habits and Deadly Choices mixed up. <laughs> okay, so uh, put it out to the masses. What mm-hmm. are your healthy habits? wasn't as successful as I was hoping. I thought a lot more dads would throw out some, um, some healthy habits for us, but we did get a few. Um, do you guys have a healthy habit before we go or...? Uh, Depends. The way that, like, doing a bit of research around this this kind of men's healthy habits health week, uh, you know, focus and what it's all about. They they section it off into a few different areas, uh, and one of those is healthy connections, and that's exactly what we're doing now. But also, connection. <laughs> but also, I think um, I try to make an effort with mates who aren't dads too. I think just those people you've known for years mm-hmm. and years, and mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it's quite hard to keep up some of those friendships, but that's something I always make a lot of time to do. So yep. I feel like that's a healthy habit as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, look, mine's have just, I think mine just kind of goes around. like, And it's like a different monthly thing or weekly thing. So last month it was like looking after myself a bit more with, with alcohol intake and stuff and did the month. Um, and that's now kicked me back into going, well, I don't need it every day or I don't need it every, you know, just have a cup on the weekend and whatnot. So that's kind of kicked me there. Um, again, every Monday night when I come down here, connections with the boys. Yes, sir. Which is great. Um, but I'm trying to be better on my phone yeah. when I'm at home 
and just being present with the girls. Yeah. Um, so, again, we've, we've gone over those ideas of playing hide and seek and doing all those things with the phone. But now I just literally go put it in the bedroom and put it on charge. Yeah. The problem is I've done it when the missus has been out and it's just me and the two girls and obviously she's texting on like, how the girls, how the girls, you're putting in bed kind of thing because they're both, well, you know, the one-year-old's a, a boob girl and doesn't take a bottle and then I'm just like freak out. Like father, like what, daughter. What, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an everything, man. Um, but no, and so that's kind of works out of negative. But no, like just putting it away, yeah. just being present. Nice. Yeah. That's a really good one. Well, I know Cam wants to talk about this a little bit later, but so I'll get to the listener messages. Um, We had uh, have a glass of water first thing in the morning to flush the demons out, add a bit of lemon juice and a pinch of salt. So Mm. it's like adding electrolytes first thing Mm. in the morning. That was Mm -hmm. me, actually. I'll put that one up. But um, you feel weirdly good. Is the salt good for like absorbing water? Like it's a bit like you retain the water or something? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I don't know. I got told to do it once, and I was just like, oh, I did it once. I felt amazing, so I was like, all right, doing oh, this forever. Well, salt, yeah, it's good. Salts, a certain amount of salt's good for your muscles and stuff like mm. that, obviously. So that's like when you're playing sport and stuff. That the cramping, yeah, mm. is obviously the salt intake and the electrical, you know, all of that. So try it, I honestly. Try it. if you try it. You you like feel it feels like your organs are getting a like a bath first thing in the morning. You you just feel every drop go down, and it, yeah, feel before your coffee. Before you break, you do anything. But yeah, that's uh, I've actually heard good that healthy too. habit. Talking about coffee because like my first drink that I want every morning is my fifteen shot coffee. Yeah, spend two grand on the coffee machine yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. But um, I've heard like from a fair few people too. Um, make sure you have a glass of water beforehand. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why? I don't want water in the morning. I want coffee. <laughs> but obviously, yeah. it does. It helps set everything up. Metabolism as well. Yeah, probably. Um, a mum here, great work on raising dialogue on men's health and mental health. So thank you, first of all, for a mum listening to the Shit Dad podcast. I know we have a few, so I appreciate the uh, the listen. And yeah, we this is what we aim to do every year. So or every every time it comes up, we want to really, really mm-hmm. push it. Let, let all the dads know that uh, they're not alone and it's it's healthy to get out and do stuff for yourself and yeah, improve, increase your, uh, not increase, improve your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um not pissing Alina off. I, I take it that's his daughter. Hel- could <laughs> be his wife as well. <laughs> well uh, <laughs> yeah, his cho- wife. <laughs> yeah, probably. Healthiest choice for mind, body and soul. And one thing a week, just me, no wife, no kids. Clear the mind and fill the proverbial cup. Yeah. yeah I think that's, that's pretty important. Yeah. I think that's unreal because yeah. I, I think it's also, it's clearly filling the cup, mm. but it's probably emptying the other cup as well. The shit. You know what I mean? Like it's... Gets gets a good in, mm. but it's releasing all of those those tensions that are mm-hmm. that we all build up, and then you know leading on to that snap yeah. that we we talk so often about. Hundred percent. So yeah, that's unreal. Awesome. So I mentioned the theme for Men's Health Week was healthy habits. We've got four different uh, things that essentially it says four habits for mentally healthy men, and I thought mm-hmm. this was quite interesting because. It spoke about healthy body, so it's all around eating well, exercise, reducing alcohol, which is, I guess, where your mind goes to. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy mm-hmm. lifestyle, taking care of relationships, work life, and social life. Mm-hmm. Relationship with your partner, it's your, not being your a colleagues. Dick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping your job. Yeah. Uh, healthy mindset, be mindful, set goals, reframe unhelpful thoughts. That's cool. Once again, more of an internal thing. And then. Mm-hmm. The healthy connections. Talk with mates. Know when and where to get help. Uh, How does one reframe 
Well, what was the wording? Reframe, Reframe unhelpful mindset. thoughts. And how, oh, yeah. how would one do that? Um, would this you is say? something that I've been doing lately as well. So you, especially in the workplace, you can have a lot of like self-doubt around what you're doing. Um, imposter syndrome, that type okay, of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, and I guess an unhelpful thought would be like, you know, just being negative and down on yourself. Oh, I can't do this or I don't know what I'm doing or this is too hard. I'm going to, you know. Yeah. Put in that too hard basket, worry about it later and focus on something else. So I think for me, it's more around just reframing things. And you might like, actually, no, you're going you're gonna to kill this. You're going to be awesome at it. Just go and do it. Mm. Um, more of a positive spin, I'd say. It's okay. kind of how I do it in my mind, if it's from a, from a work sense. Yeah. Uh, from a family or, or kids sense, probably some, like, some of the things we speak about, which is around uh, just being present and... And if an unhealthy thought is around like I'm getting mad a lot, then you can like do that stopping and pausing and you know mm. and yep. you know resetting yourself. So I think okay. a few different ways you could possibly apply it, whether it's yeah work or social. Or so it's pretty. Home. It's a pretty active thing. It's happening all yeah. the time. It's not just something you can just say. All right, I'm going to do this now. Yeah, like, it's yeah, okay. the difference between that fixed mindset and growth mindset yeah. kind of things. Mm. For kids, it's a lot. It's based around those the kids essentially that I deal with, but. It, it works for us. You know, fixed mindset is that like, oh, shit, I suck at this or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that growth mindset is, you know, like, well, like I'm not good at it. Or, no, no, I can nail this, like Cam yeah. said. Um, Take it one, like make make a list and knock off the easiest thing on the list and then yeah. keep working that way. Well, for the uh, for the Star Wars fans, like one's a Vader mindset and the other one's a Yoda mindset. <laughs> well, that is just something very relative. <laughs> I can relate right to that. Good. Uh, one final thing before we uh, move over to the interview uh, for the listeners. Uh, the healthy connections thing. So talking with mates, knowing when mm. and where to get help. Obviously, our chat with Julie is going to be really great for that too. Um, but something that resonated with a few listeners off the back of last week was your your comment, Nick, around um, dad network or dad community. And a few listeners have messaged in saying, you know, they've, they've kind of realized that, um, you know, they don't really have that big of a network at the moment. Mm. So... Um, thanks, thanks for those people who, re- who have reached out and mentioned that. Um, it's definitely something that I think we all go through. And what I've noticed lately as the kids have gotten older into the kindy stage, you guys are probably across it from a school point of view. Mm. Uh, I've been able to make a few new dad friends with the kindy dads. Yeah. We're doing a bunning sausage sizzle in a couple uh, of weeks time. Oh, nice. I'm excited yeah. about. Um, we've done a few birthday parties. The yep. kids are just really, you know, absolutely just like best mates and, um, yeah, the dads are also just really just awesome blokes. So cool. that's been a nice little outlet as well. They yeah. live locally, live near the Bowls Perfect. Club. Um, so my advice, I guess, would be, yeah, lean into some of the, uh, the local school or kindy networks if, if yeah. that's kind of what you're about. Easier, easy way to make uh, make friends or have a bit of chat with the bloke because you just kind of talk about the kids yeah. for a while until you figure out what you've got, yeah, got in common. Got in common yeah. 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 It's one of those things that it's something like making dad mates is something you just have to get out there and try and do it. You can't just like, it's not just going to fall in your lap. You have to network. You have like, it's as gay, like not, as dorky as that sounds, you have to network. You have to like put yourself out there and really push for not, but don't force it obviously. But yeah, like you said, talk about the kids. Cause that's the first thing you've got in common is the kids. Yeah. And then from there on, oh, you watch, you watch any footy and then pay for it. Yeah, it's a day for it. It's fucking good drying weather, this. And then all of a sudden you're talking about the the mighty Broncos and their, their, uh, their dominant run. But, yeah. 
Next minute they're just sitting in your garage having a beer with you and there's not even any kids around. <laughs> I can honestly say well, that... the kids I've, are in bed and you haven't... Yeah, I've you're made actually about five dad mates in my my suburb just from doing that. Yeah. Started doing driveway beers. I just didn't, made a group chat with the boys and we started talking shit mm. um, from guys I just sort of knew in the area. Um, and then all of a sudden we were having driveway beers and then driveway beers turned into do you want to bring the kids over for a play or and now... Two weeks in a row in, in uh, June, I'm going camping with two different families nice. who have met in Griffin. So it's yeah. like one of those things that if, if you can put yourself out there, people will come. Yeah. I've seen signs up around our neighbourhood that says, instead of garage sale, it says, driveway beers, contact beds. <laughs> <laughs> garage- if you put my phone number up in Griffin, I'll cut sick. Garage ales. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, garage ales. Garage ales, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right, so uh, without further ado, here's our interview with CEO of Panda, Julie Borkanoff. This is Men's Mental Health Week, and we're joined by a very special guest this week, Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia CEO, Julie Borkenhoff. Um, so we're really excited to have Julie on board tonight, especially on a really important week. Um, and we've I've stalked your LinkedIn, I've stalked, stalked a, a few different... <laughs> few different things online and I was able to find out that you're a clinical psychologist and a recognised leader in primary health sector. Um, so thanks for coming on board tonight. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's such a great pleasure to be here. Love doing these kind of spots. Now, we're really excited because, uh, you, know, you know, you got in contact with the podcast to share some really important research that's just been um, conducted. Um, so we'd love it if you could explain, yeah, a bit about yourself, what you do uh, at Panda and then also what that research has shown. Yeah, brilliant. So uh, as you said, my name's Julie. I am a clinical psychologist by trade, but just a really passionate advocate really for building the healthiest humans we can for the future. You know, life is hard enough as we know it without, you know, putting in place all of those sort of fundamental building blocks that we know we need to do. And that's why I get to do the amazing work I do across my career. Um, But more importantly, you know, what brought me to Panda, because this is an organisation that was growing out of people lived experience of perinatal uh, mental vulnerability and when we talk about that period we're talking about the pregnancy period and the first year of the bub's life Um, and you know Panda has this amazing capacity to be able to support people through our national helpline and all of the range of things that we do Um, and we're free to community so we target the most vulnerable community members as our baseline and we just get to do absolutely amazing stuff. And when you mentioned our research, you know, I think it's a bit cooler than um, just research. Not that there is a just research, um, but really we're talking into the, you know, thousands and thousands of mental health checklists that people have completed on our website. Um, and we are just absolutely thrilled to say that there's been double the rate of men going in and Uh, undertaking these checklists to really get a kind of a pat down on how they're going um, psychologically and whether or not, you know, their experience is normal or not. Right. Can you tell us a bit more about the checklists and where people can find them? Yeah, so our checklist sits on our website, um, which is at panda.org.au. And all you have to do in the search function at the top is chuck in check- checklist um, and it'll come up with the, the entry page. Um, and the checklist is broken down. And in this context for dads, it says, ask simply whether or not you're a, a new dad. So you've just had your baby um, and your post birth or after birth um, or whether or not you're expecting. And so a dad 
currently in that waiting pregnancy period <laughs> where the angst is kind of building. Um, and really you just click on that link, it takes you into the checklist and it's a 30 question questionnaire that we developed in collaboration with our community. So it's not a clinical measure. Um, we heard from our community that people were really sick of being assessed um, at this time and really just wanted to get a plain English look at how they were traveling. So um, there's 30 questions that explore thoughts, feelings and behaviors. And once you've completed that, it gives you a bit of a rate on how you're going and whether or not the experience you're having and the way that you're you know, coping in the world is normal or whether it's something that would benefit from getting um, you know, an expert involved or a service like Pandas or one of our many partners. Can I ask what Panda stands for? Sure. It's, so it's a bit of a um, misnomer, our, our name. So it stands for Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, okay. but it used to be Post and Antenatal Depression Australia, which is where it was originally founded. And that was when 40 years ago, we're 40 years old this year. Um, that was when people, uh, you know, really didn't understand that you could become depressed or anxious prior to the birth of your bub. Um, so really though now Panda supports all ranges of mental um, vulnerability and wellbeing difficulties. We really don't want people to feel that they have to have a diagnosis or really even understand what it is they're going through. They just have to know that it feels like shit and that they want help essentially. Um, and that's why it's really important that people understand that our name is there because people love our brand. But, you know, really we're supporting people with whatever it is that they feel that they're mentally not feeling is right at the time that they reach out for support. And we do support people with all range of mental vulnerability, including those who are experiencing suicide risk um, in the perinatal period, which is pretty full on for those who are going through that. I can't believe you said it's 40 years this organisation has been. This is this is amazing, obviously. Um, yeah. I only found out that perinatal stress in a bloke was a thing like a year ago on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, either, yeah. yeah, it's obviously amazing things you, you know, yourself and the organization are doing in the community. So, um, I just wish there was obviously more information out there about that. Um, mm. is, is that something that Panda's doing at the moment as well, trying to share more and more information? Oh, completely. So, you know, we have always worked in a space where we try to raise the community's awareness of, you know, the, the possibility that they could become vulnerable in this period and what to do when they do. Um, but, you know, we also know that culturally we're not really in a space and still fight to recognise that mental health affects men um, and to try and think about the way in which, you know, mental health services have those conversations for blokes is really important. And Panda also recognises that, you know, the, the name Panda and the services we offer may not be um, as welcoming in terms of, you know, uh, accessing and reaching out to Panda for support um, and, you know, as normalised for men but we are doing more and more work in this space and you know over the last 40 years we have always supported men um, originally we supported more men because they were ringing out of concern for what their partners were going through and COVID really swapped that about so we've seen a complete switch switch in the number of guys that are reaching out for their own mental health and well-being which is really cool why do you think that is that what, what is it about COVID do you think brought that along just the lockdown periods or 
Yeah, look, I reckon, you know, and again, completely unqualified because nobody's really been able to do the longitudinal research and overlay that with pre-COVID rates. But I actually think that personally, the conversations I get to have, which I feel very lucky to have as a leader nationally of a mental health org, um, really indicate that there was a real levelling of people's experience, you know, that we, it was kind of a given that we were all having a really crap time um, and that it was easier, I think, for people to open up conversations and inquire about their mental health and wellbeing than ever before. Um, and so much was put into saying that everyone is struggling. So when you put your hand up as somebody who is, it wasn't like that, oh, well, you're a standout, you know, from everyone else. Um, and, I, I, you know, we know that that happened not just for blokes, but for, you know, people from all sorts of communities, our LGBTIQ, um, you know, communities, our culturally and linguistically diverse communities. We saw people in particular cohorts that were reaching out for support like never before. And that's a really good thing. Like, we're so thankful for that. As great as it is that people reach out and, like, ask for help and like seek that route for getting better or get better quotation marks. But Mm. would you have any advice um, just in your line of work and the experience you've had in the industry for what blokes can do within themselves before coming for help? Yeah. And look, we talk about this a lot internally and, you know, if I if I had the sort of health promotion funding that we would love as an organisation, we would be doing a lot more about that, you know, as you're thinking of a family of kind of getting the nursery ready or you're thinking about planning for a baby or you're packing your bag to go to hospital, don't forget to pack some of those wellbeing strategies that you just naturally put in place um, because I think it all falls away the minute you become stressed and, you know, when I... I used to work clinically, I was often saying to people, prepare now for the days that are going to feel awful, you know, so, and and not just in relation to childbirth, but we should always be trying to stop and reflect on the things that make us feel whole and that are uniquely ours. Um, you know, for some people that's, you know, singing, for some people that's, you know, playing footy, for some people it's having a beer with your mate or whatever. Um, but quite often it's those tiny little things that can kind of reset you um that you forget about when you lose touch or your your kind of routines disrupted so it's really important that people feel able to tap into those things and that we get people before they are struggling to recognize what their unique life feels like when it's going okay um because it quite quickly can slip downhill when a new little bub comes into the mix as you three would know yeah, no, the truth. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've we've got a lot of uh, you know first time dads expecting dads who do listen. So this is obviously great advice. Mm. Um, do you have uh, any examples of some of the signs um, that either dads or even their partners might be going through mm. if they are experiencing any of that perinatal anxiety and depression? Yeah, definitely. And look, you know, I think it's equally more important than ever. I think to be thinking about how or what normal felt like or, you know, um, uh, what your unique kind of requirements are in life. Because when you have a new baby, many of the things that we would assess as symptoms of not doing so well are just really normal disruptions of having a screaming, puking baby in your life, you know. Um, So things like we're always asking people about how much sleep you're getting, you know. Are you sleeping when the baby's sleeping or 
or when those opportunities arise that other people are able to support you or, or help you. Um, are you eating normally? As in not eating too much, not eating too little, but taking care of yourself. Um, for men especially, we want to be thinking about whether or not they're, um, you know, self-medicating either through alcohol or drug misuse because we all know that people want to avoid distress and that is often a really simple way to do it and not a healthy one. We're also looking at whether or not um, people are overworking. Um, you know, often men have an, a, a um, need or feel that they want to feel functional and when life feels out of control quite often that means turning into the things that you do get a sense of identity and sense of achievement from which can be work so men often overwork um, you know rather than going home and feeling like they don't know what the hell's going on with a new bub um, and disengaging from you know your supports or from the things that you do like I said before that just make you feel normal um, so, you know, quite often it's, you know, pulling back from mates, pulling back from family, uh, you know, not going out to the shed and working on stuff the way they would have or um, any of those things that kind of make them feel functional. And, you know, when it comes to more of the symptoms, so anxiety and depression, we're looking for things like thoughts that won't go away, feeling like you're kind of knotted up like a rubber band and ready to snap because you're feeling really high, um, high frequency kind of stress, uh, you know, or whether you're feeling just completely flat, want to crawl, un crawl under the doona of your bed and not get out because, you know, you want the world to go away. So I've, I've noticed um, a lot of people saying that uh, you do move away from your, like distance yourself from your friendship group and your support network when you are feeling those feelings. Um, uh, and that's the, from the other angle, from your mate's angles, when, when's the time to check in on a friend um, that might not be doing so well? Is that the only sign that you know of or are there other ones? Um, oh, look, no, I think, you know, there's often a whole lot of uh, times that people say, you know, we have callers that will say, I noticed something was going wrong when they start laugh stop laughing as much or, mm, okay. you know, they weren't ringing me or, you know, quite often too, and there's some really cool artificial intelligence stuff out mapping this in the mental health space, you know, not engaging with social media as much. So you may have a mate who you're constantly connecting with over Facebook and all of a sudden they just go, quiet and again that could be because they're just overwhelmed and trying to play happy families with their new partner you know it's sorry with their bub and their partner um but it can also be a moment in which you just go hey i'm curious about what's going on because that doesn't really feel right and we also know you know nick that lots of people say that they wish they had reached out and said hey you're tracking okay sooner but they didn't because they didn't know what to do okay. when you know, that conversation opened up. So we're always saying on the helpline, there is no right time, you know, to have a conversation. The time in which, you know, you think oh, something's up here is the time to do it. And don't go into the conversation feeling like you have to fix it for the person. So is that probably the biggest advice that you would give to, I guess, mates um, and family who are reaching out? Just don't go in there. I suppose yeah. like a typical male, we go into a lot of things going, there's a problem or I think there's a problem, let's go fix. Um, yep. So just what, just be a, be near? Yeah, completely. And, you know, I'd, I think whatever you can do is a good thing, you know. If it is that you can fix it because you've heard this talk and you know about Panda or our amazing partners like SMS for Dads and things, then 
that's golden. But if you go into it and all you are is unpacking the initial parts of a conversation, you know, then that's okay too. And we know that quite often there's this kind of theory of threes with, you know, anything that doesn't feel right. And that's, you know, you kind of need it presented to you that you're not being seen to to be as capable as normal three times you know and whether it's somebody going hey are you all right today you know you look a bit tired or you know a partner saying you just didn't deal with that as you normally would have but often there are three points at which somebody is kind of had that reflected back to them before they go oh hang on others are picking up on this what's going on yeah that's yeah. all right that's really good to mm. yeah no that that's three yeah again like any conversations we've had and you know like I guess chatting to the boys here on the podcast, you know, for over a couple mm. of years or whatever now, in the research that I've come, I've never come across that too. So that's really interesting, especially for our listeners to go, well, three different points yeah. of call or three three things. Yeah. And that's why we've, there's only three of us on the podcast and not four. So if two, <laughs> two say you're not looking so good, you can just sweep it under the rug. The fourth going to be obsolete. <laughs> Do you think uh, a lot of the attention that's been placed on uh, men, men's mental health, um, things like the Boys Do Cry campaign that you would might have seen recently. Um, do mm. you think these are things that are contributing to that uh, more acceptance of people, of, of men asking for help um, compared to maybe a couple oh. of years ago? Yeah, look, I truly hope so. I think, you know, we've, we, the, you know, government has put so much money into ensuring that we're talking about men's mental health differently, that we're collaborating with men to better understand how to have the conversations and how, you know, how to verbalise that help is available, that you would hope that it's paying off, you know, it's taxpayers' money that's going into it. Um, but, you know, I think anything like a conversation like this has such a ripple effect, you know, to, you know, connect with even just one or two people that they then go on to have a good experience because they sought support earlier, you know. Um, I, I think there is still a lot of work to do and especially in this sort of time of your life when you have a look, you know, all you have to do is work, walk into a baby store and every single thing you pick up has a happy family on it. You know, every single thing has a mum and a dad with their arm around each other and a new baby in their arms almost, you know. Anger doesn't um, sell, Julie. And so, <laughs> so yeah, no. <laughs> so if a da real, dad's yeah. over his kid like that, it's not going to sell as well <laughs> yeah. as the, the happy family. <laughs> and I would say, Nick, that that's a really good thing because we don't want dad <laughs> that's to right, get yeah. to that point or anyone to. But, that's you know, right. again, unless we actually break down the fact that, you know, it's not all golden and shiny, um, and actually start to get real about the fact that this is a really big point of disruption, but people survive it and people have amazing relationships with their partner and with their bubs. And some days you're going to love it and some days you're going to hate it and that's all right. Very, very relevant for a lot of us right now, <laughs> yeah, for a lot of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's that's yeah. why our whole premise is around, you know, there's going to be the good days and the bad days. Yeah. So um, it's about, you know, yeah. talking about it and, you know, embracing all of it. Completely. And, you know, just giving some tools to surf that, you know, up and down, I think is really important. And it generalises across all ages and stages of life, you know. If you can teach each other to um, be gentle with yourselves, um, you know, and know as much as you can about yourself and the people you care about, then, you know, you're already 10 steps ahead. That's excellent mm -hmm. advice. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys had any more questions, but I thought, no. Julie, um, yeah, if, if you want to remind our listeners of it, you know, what would you love them to do off the back of listening to this um, tonight? Yeah, look, I, firstly, I think if you're having, you know, a, a rough time and you really do want to check in, not because you're falling apart necessarily, but just because you want to be a better dad or you want to know that what you're going through is real, um, reach out to our helpline on 1300 726 306. And we have an amazing workforce of men and women, um, some who have their own lived experience of, you know, vulnerability at this time and others who uh, clinically clinically specialised in this time um, or, you know, look at our website and have a look at the resources. We've got some amazing videos, you know, from dads who share their experience and, and fact sheets um, or connect up with, uh, you know, some of our partner organisations like SMS for Dads and I don't know if you guys have spoken to them but um, SMS for Dads is a really cool hip pocket medium where you go online to the website, you put in your details and register and then you get SMSs essentially. You can, it's two ways, so you can be engaging back um, with SMS for dads, but really gives you a bit of a raid on things to be looking out for for your own mental health. The, um, the service checks in with you from time to time to see how you're travelling. And if yeah, you are actually having a rough time, you get escalated um, and into our service and we then ring dads back and have a chat with them and see how they're travelling um, and provide ongoing support. But also it gives you some tools that you can be putting in place and, you know, some reminders around your partner's mental health and wellbeing and how to connect with your babies. Because we know, you know, our data shows that, you know, 67% of dads feel really unconfident with how to be a father and engage with their babies, which, you know, when you think about how that overlays into just wanting to be there because nobody gives you the tools and the tricks. I would have thought it would be closer to 90%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but this is those who are willing to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've always got to add some more, but, you know, it's it's really real. Mm. We know that, you know, over 70% of dads feel sad and isolated, you know, at this time in their life and that's big to admit. Mm. Wow. Shouldn't be, but it no, is. No, that's right. Yeah. 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 No, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, and as mentioned, yeah, we would love to any of the listeners to reach out to either the phone services, the web services, or SMS for Dads. Sounds fantastic. Everything will be in the show notes for yes. any listeners. Yeah. Really appreciate your time Brilliant. tonight. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Oh, thank you so much, Nick, Cam and Dave, for having us on board. And thanks for having this conversation. It's such an important one. Um, really appreciate it. Um, before great. before you go, Julie, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but I don't really. Uh, as a mother yourself, <laughs> as a mother yourself, do you have any funny mum stories or shit mum moments that you'd like to share? Oh, mate, so many, so many. I think the shit mum moments resonates with me the most. And look, you know, I have to say that most of them have come. My daughter is 11 years old and I would say that most of them come now as she's testing the boundaries and, you know, really defining herself. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just sounded like my own mother (laughs) in that moment. But, yeah, there are plenty of them. And that's normal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I guess last week did mention that um, he's – really getting his rocks off on um, embarrassing his kids at the moment. So maybe when she brings her first boyfriend home, just mm-hmm. just stand there in like a, a full Superman costume or just something really weird, <laughs> trying to give him a I scare. I have to say my husband loves nothing more than standing out in his hoodie when my, my daughter has her mates over. It's like embarrassing things to her and I just laugh. <laughs> 
That's the <laughs> good gear. You yeah. got it ready. All good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. No, we appreciate it, Julie. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Hey. Cheers. Catch you later. All right. Holy moly. What a chat. That was unbelievable. That was great. <laughs> I think she's covered everything without us really having to ask many questions. But Guests like that are amazing. Oh, where they just It just flows. Yep. And then our questions just go. They just talk what we want to hear. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think what's great is that they reached out to us to speak to our listeners and our mm-hmm. networks. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, thanks, Panda, for reaching out. Definitely. But now, guys, it's time for a jingle-less dad trivia. Dad trivia. Close. All right. So <laughs> we're going to do a, um, a quick fire quick fire trivia this mm-hmm. week um, because it is mental health related. I think it's uh, there's some facts in here that is more for to, to give facts rather than for you guys to guess. So um, we'll just go with it. Mm-hmm. Bear with me. And we're going to go. I've got Ooh. six questions for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Question number one. In Australia, what proportion of people will experience some kind of mental illness in the course of a year? One in three, one in five, one in six, or one in ten? Three. One in three. One in three? Yeah. Answer is three. Lock it in, Eddie. One in five. Oh, really? Yeah. One in five people. I'm actually glad we're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, the, the, the worst, yeah, well... You're wrong on that one in a year, um, but I, I was reading that one in two people in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good numbers for a year, but not so much in a lifetime. So yeah, but yeah. No. But you've got to remember as well. This, these uh, these figures come from like a pretty small research pool. Like it's not the whole population of the world. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What is the most common mental health illness in Australia? Eating disorders, depression, anxiety, or epilepsy? Sorry, the last one. Anxiety? Yeah, I think anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. So 14% epilepsy is that? I don't even think that's a... Did you just throw that in? (laughs) No, that was... (laughs) Because I'm like, sorry, but that's a what? This isn't a Nick thing. This isn't a Nick quiz. I took a um, a mental health (laughs) trivia online. Okay. I I thought it would be a good one to share. So um, 14%. uh, 14% of people... In Australia with mental health issues is... Oh, sorry. 14% of people have admitted to having anxiety in some point in their life. Um, but the next biggest is depression and alcohol abuse at only 4%. Mm. So anxiety by far oh, yeah. is the worst. Yeah. So I think it's... Oh, most common, sorry. Well, when I say, yeah, yeah, most common, everyone faces anxiety. Mm. Everyone does from all ages. Yeah. You know, from, from the time you practice... Well, yeah. can't say born to no. time you die, but it's how you have your coping mechanisms yeah. to deal with it. You know, does it become a crippling thing? Yeah. Or, you know, like obviously it builds, but or is there a, you know, PTSD kind of, you know, trauma event that has caused that anxiety, yeah. but everyone faces it. So mm. just make sure if you're out there and you are. It just depends talk on the to severity. Yeah. yeah. Talk, to, talk to people. Yeah. But it's all relative as well. Like we say with most things, it's all relative. Like mm-hmm. your anxiety, which might be, really hectic mm-hmm. compared to my anxiety which is piss weak oh my god like manchester united lost the soccer i'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but all it's relative that's because yeah. it's important yeah. to me like yeah. so anyway mm-hmm. all right uh question number three what percentage of australian population experience a panic attack at some point in their life 10 20 40 or 60 percent at some point in their life a panic or anxiety attack 
It's a big jump between 20 and 40. 20. 40% Fuck. of the Australian population experience a panic attack at some point in their life. Wow. So yeah. 14 million people. But 5% manage a panic panic disorder for life. Mm. 5% of people in Australia have a panic disorder. Uh, what This is going, like I said this before, is giving, this is going off like a, some person's, like some company's research, not just like the entire is, population. This is giving me a panic attack. Yeah. Listen to isn't this. I know, oh, it's all doom and gloom, isn't it? I think we're more nah. trying to get to the point that yeah, there's places, there's things like Panda and yeah. Um, yeah. Dad Text or whatever it SMS, was, yeah, SMS, SMS Dads. Dads. Yeah. Um, the, there are services out there for pretty much everything. So yeah. it's, if you feel like even the smallest thing, just seek help. Uh, what percentage of fathers will experience postnatal depression? 10, mm. 20, 40, or 60? Do just stick with 20. Mm. 20. 20. Two for 20. This time you're right. Yeah. 20% of fathers. It's a lot. It it's is. Like, too many. But is that, again, like like our chat? Yeah. Well, it's, the, it's probably plus some, yeah. but it's the 20 that have a, have said it. Yeah. Or, you know, sought help. Did she say 60? 67. It's like 67%. Mm. Seven, yes. Yeah, so maybe I followed the wrong thing here. <laughs> let's go with her. Let's go, <laughs> let's go with Panda. It's 67%. Okay. So the answer is 67. The answer is 67%. Got it. So none of the above was was E. All right. Are men or women more likely to seek help to improve their mental health? Yeah. It'd have to be women. It's just a given. So I'm surprised it took you so long to answer that. Well, so, I thought it might have been your trick question. Yeah, no. Well, women are far more likely uh, historically to speak about their feelings. One in four men who experience anxiety or depression seek help of the research group. Obviously. Feelings, what are they? Yes, correct. All right, last question, boys. This is the big one. Uh, This is more of a fact than anything. How many suicides occur each year in Australia? 100, 500, 1,000 or 3,000? All are way too many. I was just going to say too many. Yeah. Yeah. High. Top ones. Yeah. Yeah. High. Three? Mm. 3,000? Bang on. In Australia, suicide is the leading cause of death for males and females aged between 15 and 44. In a typical year, about 3,000 people in Australia die by suicide. That's an average of eight people every day. That's insane. Isn't that fucked up? 75% are by men, even more fucked up, which an average of six men taking their lives every single day. Suicide is the leading cause of death for men under the age of 54, significantly exceeding the national road toll. Depression is a high-risk factor for suicide. Fucking get help, boys. That's all I have to say. Oh, it's gone are the days where yeah, you're going to be man. Yeah. You know, just fuck. That's what it was I reckon you're less Julie of a man was if you saying don't. around this yeah. you know, generational shift. Yeah. You know, so I think our generation has the ability to obviously do it for ourselves, do it for our kids and the next generation, but also normalize it for the older generation, yeah. which is a little harder to do. But yeah, yeah, correct. Mm. Yeah. All right. We'll lighten the tone a little bit Woo! now, guys. It's time for the ABCs of fatherhood. Oh, I don't know. We're going to write the ABC of shit daddery, what not to do. Each week we'll bring a piece of shit dad advice corresponding to the letter of the alphabet relative to this episode, which is P for panda. I'm pretty sure we haven't done P yet, but I didn't check. No, we haven't. <laughs> but I've also got a jingle okay. that I okay. just made up, is so it? I don't, it's not on the pad. Oh, okay. ABC, shit daddery, one, two, oh. three. <laughs> yeah. I was literally thinking of that tune in my head just then. We have to do something with that. All right. Of course we do. Right. Listeners, listen out next episode for that recording. Oh man, that's pressure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Can I go first? Yeah, of course right. you can. Picture yourself as your kid when you catch yourself being angry with them because they learn to regulate their emotions by mirroring us. Unless you imagine yourself as your kid giving you the finger and go for gold. <laughs> that's my dad advice. <laughs> that's very good. Oh, that's good. Mine is uh, pull my finger. The timeless classic. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's a dad joke tradition that never gets old. Make sure you use it sparingly and be prepared for the inevitable giggles and possibly the not so pleasant odor. But never use it at a parent teacher interview. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> oh. Much better than mine. Mine was just pre's. When you're having pre drinks, wait till your kids go to bed. So they don't see you. <laughs> Super responsible. <laughs> you know, before you go to the clubs. Oh, the club, the clubs, the club. Oh my god, that's oh, good. Love it. That's still pretty good. I'll pay it. What do you reckon? Do it. Shit, dad moment of the week. Wrong, 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 wrong. Shit dad story of the week. Oh, so much more abrasive. <laughs> it's back to normal. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Nick, you mentioned you've got a, uh, a listener story. I do. Ooh. So I had a listener mum, shit mum moment. I was like just random conversation. She was asking for some firefighter advice for her partner and stuff. And I was like, and now I need some of your yo shit mummery. <laughs> And she goes... Did she know what that meant? Yes. She <laughs> follows us on Instagram and Spotify, so thank you. Uh, me this morning shoving a Panadol tablet in a banana like my 11-year-old is a dog making a worming <laughs> tablet, taking a worming tablet because she's got a temp and can't swallow pill. <laughs> then me screaming at her to eat it while she's sobbing with a 38.4 degree temp. <laughs> That's so good. That's like, I reckon that's top five shit dattery for like 192 episodes. <laughs> that's so good. I just love the descriptive writing on that. Yeah. <laughs> in the banana like worming the, worm the dog. Tablet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And uh, my shit dad moment this week, mm. once again, I'm just going to keep going first because yep. fuck it. Oh. Um, my shit dad moment this week came on recording day as usual and my daughter... She's gotten in this habit at the moment of just getting in the car and just piss farting around. Like she doesn't get in her seat, doesn't put her seatbelt on, doesn't do anything as she's told because she knows better. Obviously, she's four years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, I just got jack of it and I ended up um, just being like, put your seatbelt on, put your seatbelt on. If I have to ask a third time, I'm moving. And she goes, no, don't. And I was like, put no, got down on the floor. You're oh, fine. Sat up in her seat. Seat belt, and then she just smiled at me, and I didn't even put, I didn't even say on. I just slammed the car into reverse, and she's gone flying into the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't he- like it wasn't like need for speed shit, but it was just like enough to just push her out enough of her seat. Jo- enough to jolt her forward. Enough to jolt her forward. And the boys started pissing themselves laughing. And I had to like turn my head out the window and just be like. 
You're teaching her how, you know, a yeah, seatbelt works. That's how a seatbelt works. Like, yeah. if I slam my brakes on and we get in a crash, you are going through the front window. Like, <laughs> just put the frigging thing on when soon as you get in the car. That is so good. Oh, all right. I'm intrigued to hear yours. So, you know when you give your kids eggs and toast and you cut them, cut up the toast? Yeah. What do you call it? Like soldiers? Soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. yeah. So, trying to get the kids to eat that baked beans and soldiers. I said, eat your soldier boys. Eat your soldier boys. And they said, they didn't want to eat them. And said, all right, well, I'll put on the soldier boy song, so you have to eat it. So, okay. <laughs> soldier boy, yo. <laughs> Did you start dancing that? Um, no, but I put soldier on, all right, boy, this is the soldier boy song. And yeah. so I was, I was dancing away yeah. and they were saying, what is this? Mate? This is a soldier boy song. You have this when you're eating soldier boys. So they loved it. <laughs> they ate it all up. And then yeah. they made me play the song again. And then they asked me about the words. <laughs> and so now whenever they want me to play the soldier boy song, they say, dad, Superman, go home. Oh, <laughs> my God. I made, I made, ve- made sure very clearly yeah. that the, the words are Superman, go home. Good word okay, change. Okay, great. <laughs> good word change. That is so good. So if you want your kids to eat your little soldier boys, yeah. crank that. Mm-hmm. Soldier boy. But also good if you point. want to Superman that hoe <laughs> <laughs> when the kids are not awake. Yeah, when, when the kids the, are awake. When you're at the club. Wait, yeah. not yeah. awake. Yeah, yeah, God, no, asleep. Yeah, yeah. Get away for those priests. Put them to bed. Right, put them to bed before you Superman that hoe. And then soldier boy that hoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to finish. For the record, we don't call our wives that. <laughs> no, no, we do not. No, never. Oh, my God. Never at all. Um, so, boys, as I said last week, I was on my best behaviour. So... Went out for brekkie with them, with the girls and, you know, the wife. And um, strategically sat next to the playground. So off they go and play. Thought it was a great time, having a good old time. Um, Miss Ford's running around. Oh, cool. Made a little friend. Clearly older than her, so running much faster. Anyway, next minute I hear this like pancake. It wasn't a pancake. It was just my daughter hitting the ground. Yeah, And I just laughed. And just laughed. <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever. To where until I realised that, you know, she had actually probably grazed her knee and whatnot. But then the grandfather of this other daughter was like, oh, are you okay? So oh. and I'm just sitting there pissing myself. Oh. <laughs> and then she's like limped over and she's like cut into mum on my knee. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's all right. Old mate checked on her. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, he got up and walked here. <laughs> but anyway, like you, when you're made to feel worse because oh, a, a granddad's there. Yeah. Looking like, if it was the dad, it would have been like, <laughs> I mean, that's not my daughter. <laughs> anyway, so oh, that was okay. me. Nice. Well, that was an awesome episode. Thanks again to Julie for coming on. Yeah. Um, we hope all the listeners got something out of it. As mentioned, Men's Mental Health Week this week. Really important uh, discussion to be having. Have a think about those different areas of your life where you can get those healthy habits. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up, fellas? Nick's well, got something. Yeah, Dave? Nick does. But before he does, obviously with these healthy habits, um, it doesn't need to be a big deal. Like it doesn't. When I say big deal, it doesn't need to be a massive thing as you go on and trying to change. Um, start with something little and see if that works. And if it does, then go something bigger. Um, but if not, yeah, as I said, just like what you always say, just try to be that little bit better. If it's not for yourself and you, you know, 
um, you know, do it for your family and your kids. Right, boys, on uh, the Griffin Bloke Society group that I um, got cranking, I try to do something a little bit, something every month for blokes mental health, right? And this was the perfect opportunity. It's, it's men's health week, giddy up. It's not just about your own health. Check in on a mate or someone from work. Open-ended questions are key. What's been on your top of your to-do list lately? Is everything sweet at home at the moment? And as you blokes know, I, I celebrate fatherhood fuck-ups, so I like to ask what's the dumbest thing your kid's done lately. Don't just ask, are you okay? Because not many people are just going to be like, everyone's just going to be like, yeah, man, I'm sweet. Mm. Um, I hope you lads do three things this week. Check in on a mate or a bloke. Ask open-ended que- questions, obviously. Do something by yourself for yourself to clear your head and fill your cup. Ripping the ears off it doesn't obviously count. And cut something out of your diet for a week that's not good for you. So sugar, alcohol, or takeaway. It's all about feeling the difference a healthy change can make after a week, as you blokes would obviously mm-hmm. know. Have a great great week, men. And here's something for your, blue, your viewing pleasure. Margot Robbie as Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got tickets to that movie. <laughs> That's my lasting advice. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Camo. Anything? Uh, no, I think we've we've mentioned it all. I think it's important, and what we're doing is uh, you know just talking about it, normalising it. So, yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. again, everyone, for joining us for another busy week in fatherhood. We'll be in your ears again this time next week. Have a good week, everyone. See Thanks ya. all. See you guys. Whether you came for some dad advice, a laugh or some dad hacks, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Please get involved on our socials at ShitDadPod on Instagram and TikTok or ShitDadPodcast on Facebook and, of course, the share line 07 30 40 95 45. And support the guys who keep us rolling, Black Property Group and Anytime Fitness Griffin. Add value to your house with your dad bod out. And don't forget, whether you're here for your kids daily or not, be present wherever you can because we're all in the same boat when it comes to fatherhood for the kids.